I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. I'm Sean Gentile. I'm sitting in the host seat today. It's a rare occurrence on this show. It's a rare occurrence for me in general because uh, Craig doesn't trust me with the keys either. That's fine. I'm here because Haley Salviant is ill. Right? Scale of 1 to 10, I'll second you right now. A 7. One, I seven. would say, you know what? It It, it ebbs and flows. <laughs> I would it's say fun. I was about a nine when I woke up at mm-hmm. eight a.m. with you know uh, the sweats and a wicked cough that got me out of bed. Uh, but right now I'm feeling like a seven. I probably sound fun. terrible. It's always fun to cough yourself awake. There's this weird <laughs> thing that happens when I'm really busy with work. I don't sleep and I don't eat or I don't drink <laughs> enough water. Um, all those four at the same Crazy. time. Uh, I get sick right after that happens. So shout out to the women's world champions. That's wild. <laughs> who could imagine? Who could imagine something like that? I don't do math, but that's so, somehow that adds up for me. So I should probably Not, take better care of myself. Yeah, it's like in me, <laughs> and for me, like it's like if mixing, not eating that much, and then when I do eat, only eating pure shit. It's like that makes <laughs> me feel bad too. I don't understand it. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what I did to deserve this. <laughs> what, am I, what, what am I doing wrong here? It is I funny think it's to watch the you water. Like, you it's know fun what to watch- though? I'm sorry. I think <laughs> something it has to do with the fact that it was 20 freaking degrees in Toronto and then it snowed. I don't think this is my fault. I blame yeah, the weather. Sure. You can it's a, I drank it's, enough water. Actually, you know what? I didn't because the IHF does not provide mm-hmm. ample resources for their media members. If you don't get there, by the eleven o'clock game, there's no water left, and if there is water, it's a it's a warm bottle of Aquafina. This so this isn't my fault. This sounds like that sounds like almost a made up complaint. Like if someone were like, 
it, like that and that's not a joke like that that is what the IHF does like they're they're the whole the whole vibe there is is uh screwed up and they yeah it's they hot treat, dog mixed with french fry at the Denmark concession stand all over yeah. again they treat yeah. the women's tournament like a like a second tier event which is another conversation for another day scared over that one Haley, it's really funny to watch you like snap into radio voice because like 30 seconds before we were recording, it was like, hello, hello, I think I need, I think I need you to host. I need a lozenge. You're using a very, very professional sports net radio voice. It's, it's a jarring, it's a jarring transition for me personally. Do you want um, me to sound weepy and No, I don't I mean I want you to sound comfortable, really. That's not yeah. my business. Yeah. Um Okay, so we had a busy night last night. Every night is busy in the in the postseason. Four games almost every night, even though the, the schedule the schedule switches up here a, a bit a bit down the road. But another four game night. Um but that being said, I was like not super thrilled with the results. I feel like we had some duds mixed in there. We had yeah. early games were Toronto 7, Tampa Bay 2, Rangers 5, Jersey 1, late games Colorado 3, Seattle 2, Vegas 5, Winnipeg's, Winnipeg 2. Yeah. So let's start, unfortunately, with Lightning Leafs. I know that's one that you watched. <laughs> you watched... Yep. Uh, you watch particularly closely. Um, I know I just crapped on it, but for a seven-two game, I feel like this might this might have been this might have been because of the nonsense that happened towards the end. But that's about as entertaining as a seven-two game can be. I feel like. Yeah, and I mean, I thought the first like two. I thought the first period was really good. You could just tell how much like anxious energy there was in the building. Like that came through <laughs> on the TV. Um, I thought Samsonov had a way better game. I think Mitch Marner, like getting the, the scoring off early was obviously really important. I thought the Lightning did such a good job taking away his time and space in game one. Like we know that Mitch Marner, when he has the puck on a stick, he can do great things with it, but he needs the room. And he was not able to even create any for himself in game one. Maybe towards the end of the game, he's, I mean, no. The pocket of time in game one in the second period where the Leafs weren't a disaster. Mitch Marner mm -hmm. was better with the puck on his stick. But in in game two, he was he was way better. I mean, Morgan Riley had a great game. John Tavares gets the hat trick. <laughs> There's fans trying to fight Tanner Janot. Uh Luke Shen is showing why I keep talking about why Luke Shen back to the Leafs is incredible. <laughs> it was it that was, was a major that was, was a like, major that was a major vindication moment for you, especially when Do you Dom know how it. many texts I got about yeah. <laughs> Luke Shen last night? <laughs> I mean, Dom Dom did it in a, in a very Dom way where he like shrouded it in some in some irony, but he had to like publicly kind of eat shit on Twitter last night for it. He was like, I went, I went, I went Luke Shen in the in the I changed my mind. Luke Shen should never leave the Leafs lineup because he was captain anti on that the thing for me about luke shen that i said was like he adds a different element to leafs blue line right like sure i think everyone can agree that timothy lilligren is a better puck moving defender than luke shen is mm -hmm. but like obviously the leafs don't want another puck moving defender in the leafs lineup especially beside morgan riley they need somebody who's gonna go and do what luke shen did last night which is pummel tanner chanel because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> who else was gonna do that Geo, let him rest. Did you know the guy who who was who was taunting Tanner Janot? Did you like maybe go to high school with him or what are you talking is he a, about? Is he a relative? I feel is like that I feel a, like a relative. I don't know. Is this like a Fergus a shot at Fergus, Ontario? You think people from no. Fergus just try to fight make no. league players? It's a it's a shot at Southern Ontario maniacs who <laughs> who, who look who are looking for a piece of one of the one of the toughest dudes in the league. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe how long that lasted. The entire yeah. process was just like that it wasn't just some isolated 3 point or 3 second snap for that dude. Like he was continually <laughs> continually gesturing at it. It was, it was wild. Yeah, I uh the refs it took them a bit, but they got that under control. 
but I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I kind of like that they let it, that they let it go for a while. I'm on, I'm on board with that. A <laughs> uh, bad sign for the lightning last night is that their three most effective forwards, pretty much any way you slice it, whether you look at game score or if, or if you look, or if you, or if you watched it, or if you look at, at the natural stat trick data, uh, the only people that had a good game were Corey Perry, Pierre Edward Belmar, and, and Pat Maroon, which is, mm-hmm. God bless those guys, right? Yeah. Corey Perry in particular. He scored. He's doing Corey Perry, you know, proto-rat sort of stuff that you expect yeah. from him, which is great. We were talking before the show about how about how much of a blessing the Ducks gave us when they bought him out and allowed us <laughs> to have the, the Corey Perry mercenary experience. We're right. richer as a sport. <laughs> We're richer as a sport for that. Yeah, better um, for it. But man, if you have three forwards who are, or two, really two forwards who are over fifty percent expected goals percentage and are are, in, are trending in the right direction and, and all that stuff, if you have three guys on your team that are that are hitting those marks and one of them is thirty-seven year old Corey Perry and everybody else is just underwater. Uh, you're having a tough time, and that's and that's where the lightning the lightning found themselves. We I I don't want to like completely steal from our next segment because we are gonna go through the series and kind of talk about how much we've enjoyed them so far and mm-hmm. may, maybe how much how much we expect to enjoy them moving forward. But man, Tampa miss Victor Hedman mm-hmm. and they miss Eric Chernak more than I think people anticipated because they got sure. that group got caved in yesterday mm-hmm. because now you have Ian Cole playing big minutes and Zach Bogosian playing more than you'd like and Nick Perbix. They're trying to like spread out the minute trying to spread out the Chernak and and uh and Hedman minutes equally between their guys. Yeah. And it and it's and it's not working. And it's certainly not gonna work if the only the the blue chip dude in that group right now is the only the only one is Mikhail Sergachev and he was he was brutal last night. So, man, it's wild. It's wild how that series pivoted after one game. It's crazy how different the vibes are. Yeah. And it'll be an interesting thing to track moving forward. I mean, it's not, it's not totally new either for a series between these two teams. Because remember last year, mm-hmm. game one, the Leafs come out flying. They win 5 nothing. This is going to be That's different. Woohoo. And then mm-hmm. they lose 5-3 in game two. I feel like every – and I was in Dallas – for the playoffs, um, I was covering the Stars Flame series last year, and I remember being in Dallas and going to oh, I forget what it was called. It was like that cool outdoor massive patio that was like on the trail, something Ice House. <laughs> Let me know if you're listening, Dallas people. Yeah, it's on the it's, it's the, the Kelly end of the, it's trail at the end of the something. it's at the end of the Katy Trail. I know that the Katy right? Trail Ice House or something, yeah. or something like that. Anyways, we were there, and there was some blowout between the Leafs and the Lightning, like. And back to back nights. I was just like, what is going on in this series? So I honestly hope that it doesn't continue that way. I think lots of goals. It's super fun. You know, I don't think there's many Leafs fans who are going to complain about a 7 2 victory, but I kind of hope these games kind of get checked in. I think the thing that bodes very well for Toronto is the fact that they've now, even in the loss, you score, sure, you score three on Vasilevsky, mm-hmm. game one loss. And you score seven in game two. And I know that Vasilevsky's numbers the last couple of years in the playoffs, like he's let in, like, I think his goals against average has been around three in the pl- playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that Vasilevsky's always done, though, is he's locked it down when it matters to keep his team in it. And, and yeah, I think that's we... The whole, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. Post-loss, we, post-loss Vasilevsky is a different beast. Post-loss Vasilevsky's beast. Um... I saw Leafs fans last night being like, don't bring up those numbers. Don't do it. <laughs> it is funny. Um, but I do think, you know, he kept the lightning in it at one point in the second period, I believe. 
the Leafs had tons of ozone pressure. It was like four or five shifts in a row where they were just pressing, pressing, pressing in the ozone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vasilevsky kept coming up with big saves. And then Ian Cole, like the, the momentum almost shifted so quickly. Then the very next shift, Ian Cole goes down and scores. Um, so that was one of those examples of like, this is what happens when you have Vasilevsky in net is he'll keep you in it and give you the chance to make it three to one. Um, but then the Leafs responded by making it a 7-2 yeah. final. The thing yeah. that doesn't bode well for Michael Bunting Let's, is how uh, much I don't do think want, anybody missed him. Do we want to save him. some of this? Do we want to save some of this? Come on. Oh. Okay, sure. We're, ste- we're, stealing, we're stealing all the, all the Leafs' goodness. I know you have like a million things to say here because it is. It's like you're in the middle of it. It's the one that, you know. It's the one that everybody wants to talk about, but we, yeah, let's but move we, on. We do, we do have something planned, right? Let's Where move on to my favorite game of the night, Avs Kraken. What was that? Was that was that Avs Kraken? Avs Kraken, unbelievable. You, uh, producer, producer Danielle, jump on here if you want. You guys watched more of this than I did. I like kind of, <laughs> kind fell of, asleep. I, I kind of fell asleep. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was, I was back for part of it. Colorado wins three two. Um. Mainly behind what they scored two in, in rapid succession there to kind of yep. put them on put them on top. I mean, fill me in on this because like I said, I was I was snoozing. Okay. Well, Danielle, do you wanna go or should I? Anyway, I'll go. Crack and make it two nothing in the first period. It's another unbelievable start by our friends in Seattle. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the Kraken's depth versus the star power on the Avs. There's no way that this could work. <laughs> oh, but it did in game one, and it did in the first period. Um, it's everybody's favorite psycho, Brandon Tanev and Justin Schultz. It's 2 nothing. And then the second period, so I will say, we're very good radio hosts. I went to walk my dog, and <laughs> did, I came back, did, and it was 2-2. Did, two, anybody, two, so did anybody see the two goals? That's I the question. I did see the two goals. Girls, get back up. Brandon Tanev's blowing the kiss. Oh my God, that man (laughs) was blushing. That Sean, did you see this? Tana blows the kiss to the crowd and there's a man like in an Avs jersey sitting right there and you can just see him be like, "Mm." who wouldn't? Like blushing. He wouldn't blush. He wouldn't wouldn't blush from a a blown kiss by Brandon Tana. I I would. Any of the genders would. Um, But this, then the Avs, they tie it up. 2-2, 2-2, two, two, quick succession, two quick goals in the second period. Um, and the, the from then on out, that game was a battle. Like, it was so physical. It was really chippy. Both goalies were unbelievable. Like, Philip Grubauer had a great game. So did um, Georgiev. Mm-hmm. I was watching that game, and for a second, I forgot about Dallas, Minnesota, and I was about to say something dumb like, I think the mm-hmm. Western Conference is being called like way differently. <laughs> there isn't crappy refing in this in the West. And then I was like, wait a second. Nope. I forgot about the other Western Conference teams general, that are playing right general, now. General, general Just lack Avs of Kraken. consistency. Yeah, Avs yeah, Kraken seemed like it was being officiated differently last night because guys were like hauling each other down. There was like huge hits, like, Yanni Gord, this isn't a surprise to anyone, but he might be like the perfect playoff player. He's just like his fingerprints are all over the game. He's so fun to watch. He's physical. He's like all of his stick details. Like he's the perfect, he's the perfect player you want in the postseason. We all knew that, but he has shown that even more now. And that was the problem. Like he is specifically giving the Avs trouble because it's not just the Kraken's depth against the Avs stars. It's depth players like Yanni Gord who knew who know how to win and know how to shut down Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. going up against each other. So that's made this series like way more interesting than I think people thought it was gonna be. And I then it's um the game winner comes in the third period to make it three two. Uh, it was Devon Taves. Yeah. And that's, with like and that's kind of eight minutes I mean, left in the game. Yeah. And that came can, after it was it was just a fun one. You you missed out. You should have been awake at midnight. I'll before. throw I'll throw Devon Taves. Well, I, the, the annoying thing is, is like I was awake before and after that, which is aggravating. I'll throw Devon Taves in the in the I know everyone loves to talk about the Avs elite talent. He's in that he's in he's in that group. I think what we yeah, have there is you know 
goal scorers yesterday are Taves, Nachushkin, and Lekkonen for Colorado. I think that's basically what that's basically what people talked about at, at the start, right? Is is those those three guys are in that group of five, six, seven players at the top of the lineup that makes it impossible, honestly, to pick against the Avs here. The other issue for Seattle, and again, take this with a grain of salt because I clearly didn't pay a ton of attention to the game last night. Mm-hmm. Eberly, Beneers, and Jared McCann have zero points through two games, and they're getting worked over pretty pretty well in terms of uh, chance generation and puck possession. Um, that needs to change for if Seattle wants to extend this beyond, you know, five, if, if, if they want to have, if they want this to be like a six or seven game series in which they have a real chance, I know we're going out on a limb here, but those guys are going to need to be better. And it's, it's not just that they're getting snake bitten either. They're not, they're not generating chances either. So, yeah. Um, but it is, it's always funny to see these pre-series, um, narratives kind of play out in real time right because that it that that is what we've seen the mm-hmm. Avs best players have been their best players and they haven't been able to compete the the the, the Kraken haven't with the with the very top of the lineup very interesting the game that I watched the most last night East Coast bias American team bias <laughs> Metropolitan Division bias was Rangers 5 uh, Devils 1 um <sighs> That series I'm, let me down. I'm disappointed. Down. Yeah, I I am. This it um it's a, this is this is a shame. Mm-hmm. I think we have Chris Kreider to blame most primarily for it because yeah. he had he had Can two he more not? Goals. Huh? Can he just not? Yeah, just just calm down, dude. Yeah, we're trying to we're we're trying to get a seven gamer here. I think I think was my was my pick, and it certainly isn't on track. Chris Kreider, two more goals last night after having two in game one. All two or all four have come off some kind of deflection. I'm like kind of hesitant to call the goal last night from on the shot pass from Kane a true deflection because he was so far to the side and it was such an obvious deliberate attempt by Kane to 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 uh, hit him, you know, hit him, hit him where he needed to be yeah. hit. But my God, four power play goals by the way for for Chris Kreider overall all <laughs> all four on deflections all four on the power play i saw they this last night they had seven power plays last night seven yep. only five players in the entirety of the playoffs last season had more than four playoff goals wow like chris kreider has has put in four rounds worth of work with a man advantage basically and we're through and we're through two games um the other the other big part of that series i know we we kind of we just alluded to him before but Patrick Kane, vintage performance. Mark Lazarus wrote believable. Mark Lazarus wrote about it pretty extensively. Uh, that's why the Rangers went out and got this dude, right? Like you, you know that he's not he's not a good five on five player anymore. He hasn't been for a couple years. He's gonna he's gonna you know bleed some chances when it comes to his defensive work and you know whatever. You take it. <laughs> you take it because of what he of what he brings, what he's still capable of bringing at his top end. And and you take it because you, it, because you you got to believe that at some point during these games, like the creativity and the muscle memory and the offensive ability that he still has is going to win out, and that and that's exactly what happened. He had a three point three point game last night. You know he had he had that pretty pretty unreal setup for Kreider on on the side of the net that we talked about. It's that's why yeah. they went out and got this dude, right? And I thought it was hilarious that after all the talk about him being a defensive liability, it was a good stick in the D zone to strip the puck of someone on the devils that <laughs> led to his like uh-huh. unreal goal. It was such a, like anybody who is, you know, talking about Patrick Kane, there was a clip going around. There was like a devil's fan saying like, mark my words, Patrick <laughs> Kane, you were going to notice him more when he makes a mistake than anything he does in this series. <laughs> and yeah, he strips the puck of a, and goes down and has an unbelievable one-on-one effort. Uh, Vitek Vanacek. <sighs> Looks like the unproven guy that everybody kind of thought. Uh, yeah, Vitek Vanacek looked like the guy who got yanked from a game one start last season for the Caps, right? Like, this is a guy, you know, and he, good as, as solid as he was in the regular season. That's all the Devils needed him to be, so credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is, a um, guy, this, this is a guy who's, <laughs> he's got some, 
He's got some leaks on his resume, on, on his resume, yeah. right? Especially when it comes to the, to the playoffs, because he and, and he and he and Samson off last year both were both were bad. And look, mm-hmm. here we are. Yep, I thought that he was better, obviously, in the first period because the Devils get out to you know a quick one nothing lead, but you know then the Devils can't finish because Igor Shosturkin locked it down, and then the Rangers score five in in the second and third period. Like it's just not. Not your offense going stale and your goalie not stopping the puck is a very bad combination to happen in the postseason. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people probably expected this. I do think most people would have picked the Rangers over the Devils. Um, the conversation that you and I had about about this was like, you know, if the Devils can set the pace, then maybe they'll give the Rangers some trouble. But it's been the Rangers with the pace of play and like, you know, defining the way that this series is is going. Mm-hmm. Their offense has been incredible. Their power play. They're getting so many power play opportunities, and their power play is very good. Again, they had, I mean, they went two for seven uh, last night, but seven power play opportunities. Like, even if you're not scoring on all of them, it's there hasn't yep. actually been that. There hasn't been a ton of five-on-five five play, but the Rangers are doing a, a good job in, in all situations. Um, and last night was just another – what. Both games are five one finishes for for mm-hmm. the Rangers, right? So it's like, eh, this wasn't what I thought. Did the Galaxy Brain taking uh, Siegenthaler out of the lineup? You think? Obviously, think didn't so. matter I, if they lose five one again. <laughs> I mean, there's um, there's stuff that's happening with those lineup decisions that are that are going to be prime for second guessing. Uh, whenever, if if and when this is a that this is a short series for the for the Devils, right? It's funny we're. They started out with some wild, not wild, but some loud criticism of, of Lindy Ruff, and we're on track, I think, to <laughs> to finish on on the same kind of note. A quick note about we're Patrick. not going to get fire Lindy there again. No, I don't. I, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think it's impossible. <laughs> they're if they're if they make it back if they make it back to Newark for Game Five and they get waxed, say. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's impossible. You're. That you're, is so you're, mean. You you are underestimating the meanness of Devils fans. Truly. That's really rude. Uh, what are you gonna do, sweet old in here? He's about to get. He's about to get his ass booed out of town again. I did want to. I want to know this about, about Patrick Kane. Like I was talking about him. Like he was some. Like he's been some disaster of a five on five player so far in the series. He mm-hmm. hasn't. Right. It's not true. 64% expected goals percentage. You know, obviously he's got, he's putting in unreal work on the, on the power play. 101 goals. You know, he's playing, he's playing everybody even. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't mean that that's, that he's been trash in, in the first two games there, but, you know, on balance, the way, the way he played in Chicago, the way he played in New York, you know, there are going to be chances that, that take place when he's on the ice because, because of, because of his work. That's just the way it is. But, that doesn't mean we've seen we've seen many of it or, or much of it much of it so far. Okay, last game of the night was the other Western Conference game. Just call this uh, the Mark Stone comeback spectacular. <laughs> Vegas five, Jets two. Um, I really I really enjoyed that one, and not and not to not to spoil stuff in the next segment, but I I think I've enjoyed this series more than more than I realized. How, how much this one did you watch, Haley? Um, not as much because I was watching Crack and Abs, but that's right. I did see I did see Eichel's first playoff goal, and then I saw one of the two Mark Stone goals. Uh, way better performance by these two guys in Game Two. In Game One, Mark Stone zero shots on goal. It's mm-hmm. understandable he's coming off back <laughs> he's surgery. There's he's, a little yeah, bit of get, rust. Okay, you get, a, you get a you get a one game cushion when you miss thirty nine yeah. games of the regular season because of back surgery. Yeah, and that's always like the great point. I know uh, Jesse Granger was you know tweeting a lot about this. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the point where people are like, it's just. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But he was talking like, why would you want your best player out of the lineup for half the season? 
Like that's the example as totally. to why you don't throw Mark Stone on LTIR if he doesn't need back surgery because he's going to come back and be play like crap in the first game. Um, but he looked really good in game two. But he and Jack Eichel, Eichel had two shots on goal in his first playoff game and they were both dash three in game one. Uh, so they needed to rebound <laughs> and they did in, in game two. Not a lot of people are out there having elective back surgery. <laughs> like right? just because. Like, like yeah, well... Well, he tried to rehab Maybe. it before surgery, right? And it's then he got the it's, timeline where it was it's like, if the rehab's not helping anything by this date. This is the last possible date you can have surgery and be ready for the playoffs. And that's what he did. Like, I know we made jokes about the LTIR thing. We even we even wondered if that's what was happening with Landeskog. And then obviously he's not coming back, which is unfortunate mm-hmm. for, I mean, hockey, he's a great player. And it's unfortunate for the Avs. But like a lot of the LTIR jokes, like I feel like sometimes we talk about it Ironically, because it's just I like think, people aren't yeah. people aren't missing entire hockey seasons just because their GM wants to circumvent the cap. Like Landeskog wasn't out with a knee issue to save them the cap hit, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Mark Stone's not getting back surgery uh, because the Golden Knights like to circumvent the cap. <laughs> like that's just not a thing. Totally. Totally, and it's it's anybody who's ever and also had a, it's allowed even if they were. I, I'm sorry, Sean. Kind of, and also, yeah, that's, that's it's allowed. Was, that's what <laughs> like, I was. That, that's what I was coming around to. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> in Stone's case, like anybody who's ever had back surgery or been around a person who's had back surgery, this the your your doctors or your sur- like no your PT n- nobody ever wants to advise anybody to have to have back surgery because it's just like a slippery slope all, a lot of the time down to down to future issues. And pro athletes are no different. Mark Stone, Mark Stone didn't want to have his back operated on, but he tried to rehab it already, and now, now, now here we are. Like that's that's the way it goes. But nobody ever there is there's no such thing as minor back surgery, and the fact that he came that he came back at all is is pretty remarkable. But yeah, what I was I I mean I'm with you on that. I think I think that's I don't know if that always comes through. Certainly in the way that I talk about uh, LTIR and in <clears throat> uh, in in you know cap circumvention and or how whatever however you want to phrase it. I don't care. I don't care the teams are doing this. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that the Lightning did it. Mm-hmm. With seem to have done oh, yeah. it with with with, it, with Kucherov. If the Avs would have done it with Landeskog, which obviously they clearly weren't now, but if Landeskog were to show up in the lineup and in, in Game One or or, or whatever and been a hundred percent like ready, yeah. whatever, don't care. We're not more haters. Team, more teams should do it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's all, but it's also become part of the game. And something that, you know, we're not, <laughs> we've, we've seen it happen more than enough times now where it's like, it's not an unreasonable thing to assume, right? When you have an elite expensive player be on the borderline for, for that sort of thing. And then the team, and then their team uses a bunch of, a bunch of their, uh, their cap space to go and add and then whatever, like it's the way, it's the way it should work. Mm-hmm. That might not be true. It's the way the team should use it. It's a mechanism <laughs> sure. they can use. If yeah. the, if the, if they if they want to get this figured out in the next CBA, that's their business. But in the meantime, you know, you can't knock teams for for doing it this way. And even in this point, even in in this particular you know example, it doesn't it doesn't matter because Mark Stone Mark Stone was hurt and had back surgery and came yeah. back. And Mark Stone's also a maniac. He's a oh the God, way absolutely. he celebrates. After he scores, I feel like people in hockey have been talking about this for years, like even back to when he was on the Sens, but mm-hmm. the dude loves to score goals. Which is funny because like in person, he's very... Um, reserved. Reserved. Yeah, he, he's funny. Like he's like, he's dry and, and has, a, like, has a clear sense of humor, but he's not like a loud demonstrative dude. And then meanwhile, he scores goals and, you, and you're half expecting him to like corkscrew down into the ice or, or break a pan of glass <laughs> or something. The dude's... dude's right. a, dude, Dude's a blast. Yeah. And I am, I'm psyched he's back in the lineup and I'm psyched yeah. to get, you know, at least a handful more games out of him because he's, because he's a treat to watch. Absolutely. Um, I think we're going to talk about in the next segment, we're going to rank the playoff series so far, right? Like we're going to go through right. and say, these are our favorite ones. Um, the one thing, you know what? We can save it for the next yeah. one. If you want to know what I was going to say, stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go to, <laughs> We're going to go to break, and then we're going to come back with our rankings of the series so far using a very scientific method, 8 through 1. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we're back. We're counting down all eight series in reverse order of how excited we are for the remainder of them. Does that, does that, does that make sense? I think so. I, th- I think it does. No offense, by the way, to the the teams that are at the bottom here, right? Someone's got someone's to finish in last. That brings us to number eight. The Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Islanders, which is just like, mm. I think it's there, it's there for a couple reasons. It's there because the Canes are up 2-0. It's fair to w- wonder whether the Isles ha- even have the firepower necessary to, you know, come back here. But also, we talk about it every week. I feel like I, t- I talk about it constantly. The Canes. <laughs> the Canes injuries, are, are they just, it just puts a damper on all this. And we have another one. We have, we have, uh, we have Tevo Teravainen, who broke his hand and is out for the duration of the playoffs. because No JG call Pajot, on the play, by the yeah, way. <laughs> did a full-on like Adam Graves on Mario Lemieux, which is a reference for the elderly, the elderly among us. At this point, but he got he got him right got him right on the hands. He had the puck at the time, which I think is what makes that just that game was a extra joke. extra egregious. That that game that game was embarrassing. embarrassing. And then the high stick on Scott Mayfield, who's on the ice holding his face as Jordan Stahl makes a pass through the slot to Jesper Fast to win the game. I wonder why Scott Mayfield couldn't get up and play defense. Oh, Jordan Martinook hit him in the face with a stick. A joke. I hate and, complaining about the refs. It was a joke. Yeah, and I saw people, and it was people people who I respect, like Mike, like Mike Rupp was kind of yeah. did as a Pruder breakdown of it, saying like, "All right, this is because this is because Mayfield popped up Martin Nook's st- stick in it," and that's I, I whatever. Nope. I nope. I don't like. Nope. Nope. It, we don't sp- need to. It's not that deep. No. If it's a penalty, nope. call we the damn need, penalty. Totally. Control your own stick. Jordan it Martin was just up. funny. It was just funny <laughs> watching every possible excuse for that kind of melt away in the discourse, where it's like, "Well, the linesman, the linesman can't make that call," and then you pan out, <laughs> zoom it out, in the in the ref is the ref yeah. is right there. Yeah, it's a it's 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 an embarrassment, and um, you know, it's one of those one of those instances too, where just both teams. Both teams get hurt in different ways. The Isles take an L directly because of of an ignored call, and that's what it was. I mm-hmm. think an important thing we need to start doing. We need to be careful with how we phrase this stuff. They didn't miss it; they ignored it. I don't. They chose not to call it. I think yeah. there's a difference between missing, between not seeing something, and actively choosing, you know, not to call actively it. choosing something like that. And it's that certainly seemed to be the case there. So you have you have For the sure. Islanders that, that that are getting nailed because of that. And then the Hurricanes lose one of their few remaining truly dynamic yeah. offensive talents uh, for the rest of the playoffs because of because of another one. Same deal, you know. Terrible. J- J- the refs right there. JG Pedro sla- slashes Terrifying and right hacked him so hard that it broke his hand. No call. Shout out to Tavo for like not even really responding to it. I think that's he did the, the like handshake like after yeah. he released the puck. Yeah, but I didn't was, know until Rod came out after it was like yeah broken hand needs surgery it was just like oh Oh my god was he mad he was like he was like just barely keeping it together angry there he's like i can't take another (laughs) huge fine (laughs) yeah can't can't eat another fine but also uh who is really mad (laughs) who's gonna who's gonna gonna play on on my top line now yeah oh it's terrible people i mean it's only been two games so i might I'm, try, I'm not trying to jinx the Carolina Hurricanes here, but this was the one series where I think people were trying to convince themselves that there was going to be an upset. Yeah. <laughs> like just because of Ilya Sorokin. 
and I had the tweet like I had the tweet of like people are people are picking the Islanders to upset the Canes. Not me though. Like mm-hmm. I no, just that- not it wasn't a thing for me. Like they have upset potential, sure. The logic can, the- but no. The logic with all that track, I understand why people why, why people are doing it. Sorokin is great. The Hurricanes are don't have a ton of finishing talent for all for all their puck dominance, and also the Islanders were getting Barzal back, so you're adding like a premium yeah. off, off, offensive player. Him and Horvat had been good together. The power play with those two together had been really good, and obviously that's not that's hasn't come to pass. Yeah. The Isles the, the Isles power play looked pretty anemic, and Sorokin, <laughs> but <laughs> Sorokin hasn't been good enough to steal games. So here we are. Yeah. But there's still Sebastian Ajo, and the Canes have one of the most active and efficient blue lines in the league. Yep. Like, Brent Burns exists. <laughs> Super sniper. Rod Brindamore yelled at me about Brent Burns. Don't think I forgot about him. Uh-huh. Brady Shea. Like, the Canes still have a lot there. There's a reason why they still won the division, despite the fact that they were missing Pacioretty all year and Andrei Svechnikov for the end of the season. So I'm still, I'm still with the Canes, but I do think... <laughs> They're probably gonna make some adjustments to like make this even more low scoring and gritty in the yeah. neutral zone. <laughs> so it's, it's like gonna eh. be, it's gonna be rough. I'm sorry. <laughs> much love, much love the super sniper Jacob Slavin who had who had two goals and who had two goals in game two. But <laughs> yeah. this just seems like this seems like a short, boring series. Yeah. And possible like more likely than not the end of the line for the Hurricanes, just cause just because of the attrition mm-hmm. that they've that they've had to deal with. So it's number eight. Number seven, we've talked about it uh, in some detail already. This is a little bit of a bummer. I'm um, I'm upset that it's down here, but again, someone's got to be in this spot. Number seven is Avs Kraken. I don't I don't know why Avs Kraken just isn't. It's not. It's not quite. It's. I had them ranked higher than you did. You had them ranked last, this is my, though, this which is, is why this is, they're this is my, they're this so is my low. Fault. Yeah. Why well, did I? Well, we bumped them up. We broke we broke the tie with uh, with Kane's Isles. Uh, number six, another one we talked about because it was because they played last night. Knights Jets. I feel like this one is number six, but rising. I'm more excited about this one now. I'm more interested in seeing how it plays out now mm-hmm. than I was uh, 48 hours ago. We'll say that much. Yeah, well, game Mark, one was because of Mark Stone. I thought game one was really interesting too, though, because I it thought was. what a great time for the Jets to finally get their crap together, <laughs> and that was such a good Rick bonus game <laughs> totally and like had, for all the the crap that he took in the regular season that team completely fell apart and then they come out in the first game of the playoffs in vegas a really hard arena to come in as the away team too especially in the playoffs and they only allow the golden knights to have 17 shots on goal and two in the third period <laughs> mm-hmm. and they also like, had like we were saying that connor hellebuck if connor hellebuck stood on his head then the jets would stand a chance he didn't have to because they were so mm-hmm. stingy defensively. That was kind of a, a, for like a defensive game on one side, it was actually a very fun, fun opener. Totally. And they, and they had their big boys scoring goals too. That's a big, mm-hmm. that was a big thing for the Jets that wasn't yeah. happening uh, down the, I mean, do we say down the stretch when it's something that happens uh, from the all, from the all-star break on? I mean, it was really. The second half as of the soon season. As they, it, yeah, it was like really as soon as they came back from, from break, uh, Wheeler and Kyle Connor and Pierre Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley, uh, primarily went in the tank, and part mm-hmm. of that was because of bad luck. You know, their shooting percentages were were low for them. Their goal totals did not nearly match. You know, their their expected totals. So, so the process was there to some extent for those guys, and they and they weren't they weren't getting the bounces, and they weren't showing the finishing, the finishing. Uh, the finishing touch, but man, it was there. It was there in spades in, in game one. So that's <laughs> so that's interesting, and that's the thing that makes you think that that more than anything is the reason that you feel like the Golden Knights really have a chance here in in a way that maybe people I mean the Jets, oh, the Golden Knights, <laughs> the Jets, <laughs> because if especially with Kyle Connor, mm-hmm. if goals start going in for that dude, he's yeah. got a history of of scoring in bunches, and that. Is the kind of variable that they're that they're going to need to to pull this out? So yep. yeah, um, I think this is number six overall, but but rising for me, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, number five, the best of the bottom half for us. 
this is number five and falling. It's it's devil it's Devils Rangers. I had it ranked high because of again, probably because of my Metro Division bias here. <laughs> but also because it it's still even though even though it's two oh, it features it features some some so many dy- dynamic uh dynamic offensive talents, right? And that's the kind of stuff we that's the kind of stuff we want to see. We we want to scope out what Patrick Kane does for the next few games and, and whether it can keep it going. We want to see if Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider can score two power play goals a game for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know, we want to we want to see if if Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer can figure it out on the on the Devils and end of things. So yeah, it, it hasn't been particularly competitive. And two zero is two zero, but I'm still tracking this one pretty closely. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, the thing that I'm kind of tracking with with this is what makes this series interesting is like, did the Rangers shoot themselves up the power rankings to like be the team that could come out of the East? If it's not Boston, is it the Rangers? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. It's tough not to look at that lineup and look at the talent that's up and down it and look at look at Igor Shesterkin and look at the power play and look at those top three lines primarily and just say like, man, if they can, if they ever get the mix down pat, right? If, if they can be, if they can have three really reliable lines at five on five and get that power play production and get Shesterkin clicking at the right time. Like all the ingredients are there. They haven't been able to have and in all and all of them have worked at one point or another this season, but they kind of haven't all worked at the same time, right? So the thought that that could be coming, even though it hasn't so far this season, is is what makes the Rangers like particularly intriguing. Cause you're like, man, if they can just if they can just figure it out, like they're gonna be they're gonna be lethal. Okay. Yeah. That was number five. We have our our top four coming up. We're gonna hit a break, and then we'll we'll be back. We'll be back to close things out and reveal our our, our top four remaining playoff series. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Sean Silly, Haley Salvian. One of us is sick, the other one is not. I'll let <laughs> I'll let you guess who is who. <laughs> Number four on our playoff first round rank so far: Edmonton Oilers versus Los Angeles Kings. Fourth in fourth place, pretty decisively. Like they, we, we between the two mm-hmm. of us, we in our again very very complicated, very. Uh, I think our top fours were the same. Mathematically sound. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we uh I think we match each other here. Edmonton LA, I think almost couldn't have gone better for a for an entertainment drama drama standpoint of over the first two games, right? What have you what what have what's been your takeaway, especially especially given the way things went a couple nights ago? Well, I think the Kings have done a really nice job with McDavid at five on five. The things really that have. we talked about heading yeah. into the that series was looking at how good Philip Deneau was against Connor McDavid last year and thinking like, hmm, well, <laughs> the Kings have gotten better. They've added improvements. Like, what are they going to be able to do now? Um, and game one was really fun. They, the Oilers come out hot. They get two quick goals in the first period. They're in front of their home fans. Really great start for Edmonton. And then the Kings just kind of, turned the tide in the second half of the game, had a really good third period, end up winning an OT. And that's, by the way, without Gabe Velarde or Kevin Fiala in game one. 
And then game two, it almost starts the exact same way. Is the Oilers coming out hot, really good on the power play. Leon Dreisaitl has been the best player for the Oilers so far, which is like a great thing to have with McDavid's getting, you know, defended pretty well at five on five. Well, at least you got Leon Dreisaitl on your mm -hmm. team. Like he, I hate doing this because he's not underrated. He's not underappreciated, but this season specifically, like we talked about Connor McDavid so much and so often that I think Dreisaitl's point totals kind of fell to the wayside sometimes. Kid mm -hmm. an unbelievable year too, and he's an unbelievable player. And the only reason he wasn't on my heart ballot is because I refused to put two guys from the same team on a heart ballot. Um, mm -hmm. But Dreisaitl's been really good in the playoffs. It's been funny to see, like, he was so good last year, basically on one leg. And now it's like, wow, this is what Dreisaitl can do with two legs in the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, totally. But the Kings have been a formidable opponent, I think, as we expected. Like, I don't think we looked at this series and said that the Oilers gonna, were going to run away with it. Um, it was a great series last year, and I hope that this one goes the distance. Like, this better go seven games. The Oilers getting quality depth from Derek, from Derek Ryan and <laughs> Clem Costin scored in, in that last game. And Evander Kane seems like he's, you know, knocking, not, knocking off some of the rust. I mean, that's that's the wild part about Edmonton. And it's, it's, fa it's fascinating, honestly, that this is... Uh, that bodes well, you know, on, on a night, on a night when those guys, when the big boys are not, not necessarily producing it at even strength, you can count on Derek Ryan to make a difference and Clem Costin to, you know, beat, beat Corpusella with a laser and, and, and all that. It's really, it's really, really interesting. I, I mean, and look, I, I love, I love the Kings. I've, I've, I try to say that as much as possible. I've really enjoyed watching them this season. Um, I love what they did at the deadline. I love love, love what they did in, in the offseason. So I'm looking forward to seeing how stuff plays out because they're fun. But man, on the other on the other end of things, we're here one one in the series, and it still feels like McDavid, you know, hasn't quite hasn't quite had his moment, hasn't quite made his mark. And you're just waiting for him to wait wait yeah, waiting for him to do so, gonna, right? He's not gonna be held out not, for long. Not, That's not the thing. It's not gonna last forever. Like you can say great job by the Kings, but you're almost kind of like waiting. It's like, oh God, mm -hmm. <laughs> when's this going to turn? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, number three, Bruins Panthers. I don't think any of us saw this coming necessarily at the start. At the start of this, even though even though Florida is not is not your standard second wild card team, there's a lot of holdovers from from the Presidents Trophy team last year. They obviously added Matthew Kachuk, who'd better be a Hart Trophy finalist. Um, and they were playing their best hockey of the season down the stretch. So this isn't like your standard, you know, someone scrapes someone scrapes in and and yeah. axes. And it, 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 but also the counterpoint was that the Bruins aren't your standard number one team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not. They're not your standard uh, first seed in the in the conference. This is as big a regular season juggernaut as as we've seen. So it, it was always going to be interesting. Throwing the fact that Patrice Bergeron. Uh, is out of the lineup after getting injured in game 82 when he was playing in Montreal in front of his father and his family. It's a, I mean, it's a storyline, right? That's what, that, mm -hmm. that's why Bergeron's out. Um, this one's, this one's fascinating because the Panthers took it to Boston in a way that we haven't seen any team. Yeah. And really for the duration of, of, of the regular season out, out, outside of a few. And it's mm -hmm. one of those things where you're like, if they can keep this up, and Bergeron is not traveling to Florida for games three and four, mm -hmm. so that's a big, it's a big reason to think that they're going to at least have the chance. They're going to be able to get the matchup they want on and on. This one got interesting in a hurry. Yeah, and it got to the point where I saw, you know, some Bruins fans saying like, "Should we be going with Jeremy Swayman in game two? Because <laughs> Linus Allmark." looked like a human <laughs> mm -hmm. in game two. And I feel like, I feel like that is maybe overthinking it with a goalie who's probably going to win the Vesna. And especially the way we've yeah. seen, and we'll get to it. We've seen the, like, you know, the goalie switching <laughs> with mm -hmm. the, the balance of the starting goalies bite teams in the butt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. feels like pulling Linus Allmark isn't the play. 
But I mean, if he puts up another stinker, that's the benefit of being the Boston Bruins is Jeremy Swayman's pretty good goalie too. I'm not worried about the Bruins, but I do think, and this is what we'd always said, is like, I do think the Panthers are going to make this a fun one. Yeah. And that Sam seems, Bennett coming like back. That's where it's true. Playoff Sam, Sam Bennett. Playoff Sam Bennett's great. I feel so bad when I saw the line rushes with Bennett back, and I know that this is the way that they played in the regular season mm-hmm. when they were together as well, but Sam Bennett to see with Matthew Kuchuk on the wing, it was just like, uh. <laughs> Oh, what would have happened if Sam Bennett got consistent runs up the middle with good players on the wings in Calgary? What could have happened? Imagine that. Who's I wanted to say? say I wanted to say about Olmark because he he was he was not he was not good in game two. He was outstanding in game one. He, I think that's like worth note. I'm in you know whatever you can't you can't stick with a struggling goalie forever, especially when you have a legit option behind him. I'm I'm not saying that, but he was. He was really, really good in the Bruins game one win to the point where now, in hindsight, after the way things went in game two, you're like, wow, did they, they had the, they had the, what, what happens if, if, if Lennis Allmark is only 80% of what he was in, in game one there? Or what, what, what kind of conversations are we, are we having? Mm-hmm. Are we having right now? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two, unfortunately. Stop doing that. No, oh, I, I, I don't like the Maple Leafs. It's, it's Leafs Lightning. Yep. Um, There's just so much there. We kind of said it. We said it in the first segment. I was all ready to, like, if, if there was any way to, to, to ding these two teams' points, I would have. But the way the, the way the, the way that game ended with the extracurriculars and the stuff between the fans and Janelle and Pat Maroon screaming at whoever, like, I, like, there was enough stuff down the stretch there where you're like, all right, I'm, let's, Let's fast forward. I'm I'm psyched. I'm psyched for Saturday night. I want to see what happens here. Even though it doesn't seem like there's going to be Hedman, it doesn't seem like there's going to be Chernak, which is just obviously doesn't bode well for the for the you know for the competitive level of, of this series because it's worth saying again. Mm-hmm. Even aside from the score, Toronto just dummied the Lightning on on Thursday night. Oh yeah, I think I think what makes this series so great. And again, we love goals. I did say earlier, I would like to see maybe a few less blowouts, (laughs) but we love goals. We love goal scoring. So that makes it fun, but there's just, the stakes are so high and -hmm. that's what makes this a very interesting series. Like just think of what's on the line for Toronto, (laughs) the coach, the GM, their jobs, the future Mm -hmm. of this like core group of players, where are they going to go next? What's going to happen in Toronto? There's just so much at stake for a team that is lost in the first round of the playoffs six years in a row. So mm-hmm. game one was a huge stinker, but that was fun. Like that was fun for people who hate the Leafs and fans of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game two oh. was fun for people who love the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we know <laughs> there's a lot of them like this series is something for everyone. <laughs> Whether you hate the Leafs or you love the Leafs, there's... There's been lots for everybody in the first two games. The one thing that I wanted to say in the first segment that we kicked down to this part is the tough thing for Michael Bunting is I don't think anybody missed his contribution to the lineup last night. (laughs) Kelly Yarncroke, I've said he should have been on the top line to start the postseason regardless. Michael Bunting has not been particularly effective in my opinion uh sure he scored 20 <laughs> in goals your, in, in my opinion, opinion in your opinion and also in uh, observable reality in fact yes okay but the thing is is you try not to nitpick too much at a guy yeah. who scored 20 goals this year and makes under a million bucks like totally. there is still value in michael bunting the problem is is when he's on the third line away from austin matthews He's not doing as much. He can't drive his own line. And you could think like, okay, well, that's fine. Just keep him with Matthews because they play well together, but they they hadn't really been. He wasn't great in the first game. He was a rat on that play on Eric Cernak. And like, I am not going to, this has been my word of the day apparently, is galaxy brain. I'm not going to galaxy brain myself into thinking that Bunting was like waiting for the hit and like jumped a little too soon. Like, I'm sorry. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's what it happened. But 
I think you and I had the exact same point. I don't know what was worse, the fact that he jumped up and hit a guy in the head or that he complained to the ref before the guy's body even hit the ice. Yeah, it's because he, it's because it was a rat move. He knew what he did. Um, yeah. And but the thing is, is like Callie Yarncroke looks better on that top line. He does way more to create space and get yep. the puck and keep the puck for Matthews and Marner. And then they move Ryan O'Reilly from the second line to the third line, gives the Leafs more options in the top nine. I mean, Matthew Nyes is having like a baptism by fire here coming from the NCAA championship to to Leafs playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team to beat out of the East over the last couple of years, but he looked fine. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to like about this series. There's playoff Corey Perry. There's Vasilevsky. I mean, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point. Like there's just so much talent and so many storylines in this series that um, there's only one that we thought was better. Totally. And if you're more, and if you're, if you want to hear more, honestly, I, I'm, this is not even a joke. If you want to hear more about Michael Bunting and just kind of the rock, the rock, uh, the, you know, the, the rock and in, in, in the hard place that they're stuck behind and that the, that the leaves are, that Bunting is, I thought, I thought James Myrtle wrote something pretty, pretty good and pretty trenchant yesterday about it. Number one. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, there you boop, go. Boop. There you go. There you go, computer. Hello. <laughs> Hello, computer. Stars wild. Oh, baby, we've had everything in this one. We, we've had dirty hits, aggravating discourse around dirty hits, <laughs> wild goaltending decisions. Oh, my God. Uh, some offensive dynamism on, on both sides. What are we going to get next? What will Dean Evison bless us with for game three? That's the <sighs> question. Oh, baby. And look, there was a big, I, I thought I thought Shana Goldman did a good job of explaining like how, you know, maybe the decision to start Flurry in game two shouldn't have been that much of a surprise because it's what the Wild had done, you know, really throughout the season and it's kind of sure. the direction that the league has, has moved in. Uh, Philip Gustafson had made made fifty one saves or whatever it was in yeah. in, in one game. Just a run. historic not, franchise record not, playoff let's debut. Let's not overthink it. And then you throw in the fact that it just like couldn't have gone worse. Couldn't have gone worse. Mm-hmm. Flurry immediately led in a shorty. Good lord. Um, yeah, this is one of those ones where coming into it, we knew that the teams were pretty closely matched. We like mm-hmm. the star power that they had, that each team has had it at the top of the lineup. We like the goaltending matchup. You know, it hasn't quite played out the way that we anticipated, but there's still just a lot of intrigue here. It's tied. Let's go. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens for game three. It's been the best. Like, I've been locked in on this series more than any other one. Like, I covered the, the Leafs mm-hmm. <laughs> lightning uh, game one, and I... Sure, it's my job to follow this as somebody who lives in Toronto, but I care way more about Minnesota and uh, Dallas. This series has been unbelievable. I understand that this is what the Wild have done all year, but they had a chance to take command of the series in Dallas. Like they had a chance to go up to nothing and head home to Minnesota. And instead, like Dean Evison, like stubbornly stuck with that season long trend of the goalie rotation. We know Marc Andre Fleury's resume, like Hall of Famer. I think we can agree Marc Andre Fleury will end up in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, he will. He'll be. (laughs) However, that was his first first, start. No no goalie in the history of the league will ever. He's going to be a first ballot inductee. And and how many playoff series is he going to have spent? You know, as the number two, it's crazy. The the point is, is that was his first start in eight days. Mm -hmm. So you start him for the first time in over a week versus riding the hot hand who just put up a historic goalie performance. You you don't want to let him build off of that. Really? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what you've been doing all year. That's a regular season. Mm -hmm. This is the playoffs. I don't need someone to explain to me why they did it. I still think it's stupid. Totally. (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it back and it backfired in an aggressive way. Like that is why that decision is why yeah. Minnesota lost that game because they played them even to expected goals. Generally, yeah. Flurry was almost at four at, at a negative four goal stage. Yeah, and Jake Ottinger was in a seven three game when yeah uh-huh. when, when when Jake Ottinger is was standard issue playoff 
uh, playoff Jake Ottinger, which is maybe which even is, a level a really, lower really because good. he let in he, three honestly, goals. Yeah, he, he like <laughs> and, and they were nothing like, and they were more stoppable than not. I would say. So yeah, that's a that's a major hiccup. But what yeah. bodes well, aside from the inherent drama with the with the Pavelski, you know, Dumba craziness, which again I'm trying to just avoid avoid discussing because hockey's more than you know dirty hits and in the playoffs, yeah. at least it should be. Even aside from all of that, that was a pretty even game in game two, and I think yeah. that bodes well. And, and so so we're we're e- we're at evens through through two games. Hopefully we get five more games of this because because I've I've loved it and I think it's number one and I don't think it's particularly close for me. I just saw this from Pluto. I do apologize. It looked mm-hmm. like Linus Allmark was not participating in Morning Skate. Oh, so man. I don't know if that means if he's like just having a rest or if that means Jeremy Swayman's playing or if oh, Allmark is. I don't want to speculate because we just saw yep. this, but just for people who listen to this and they heard the Bruin segment, mm-hmm. uh, Allmark not at Morning Skate. I think the best part of this series is, you know, as we talk about the amount of skill and talent that's in the Leafs Lightning series, like this is, this is like a very like fun two teams that are playing against each other. Like Rupe hints, unbelievable yeah. in game two. Totally. Delivered a- in every moment that he needed. He had the shorthanded goal, power play goal, and one at even strength. He was great on the PK. Great on the power play. Mm-hmm. His defensive play was solid. Like they needed somebody to step up in Joe Pavelski's absence, and and that was hints. And I on still line, think on you, that line for sure. And then then you had Dad, you had Dadnov and and Wyatt Robertson who, or Wyatt Robertson, Wyatt Johnson. Jesus who, Christ! Yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> Wyatt Wyatt Johnson and and and, and Evgeny Dadnov are just we're we're yeah. we're really good and that's and that's a reason that yeah. this, that's a differentiating differentiation point for the stars from last season is is they have a guy like that now they're they not a, a one line like team anymore who, yeah who weren't who weren't around last year so max lot to, domi lot to love there max domi playing well in dallas good it's not lost on anybody that he was the first one to go at dumba no after the pavelski hit no I sir i think that's the biggest difference again is this is not a one-line team anymore. Like this is a very Mm-mm. different Dallas Stars team that played against the Flames in the first round last year, which was, you know, you got to get basically that series would have been a quick one if Joe Pavelski wasn't around and Jake Ottinger wasn't lights out. Like those were the two dudes in that series. Like Jason Robertson totally. wasn't as effective. I still think they probably need a bit more from Jason Robertson at five on five in this series. Like I know mm-hmm. he had you know, a primary assist on the power play goal from Hints, but I don't think he's done a whole lot at five on five. So you do want a little bit more from Jason Robertson, but you gotta, you gotta assume it'll come. You see, he's, yeah. he's too, he's too good of a player to be all that quiet for all that and, long. And what's great too, is like, we're talking about the future of the Dallas stars, which was Ottinger and Hints and Robertson playing super well, but they've also got like some of their, I don't want to call them historic because that makes them sound like they're ancient. They've got the ancient old men in Tyler Sagan and Jamie yes. Ben <laughs> scoring goals too. Sure. Old oh, man love. Jamie Ben is a hero. He's 33 years old and he has three points in two games. It's oh, what unbelievable. A, what a what a what a miracle. <laughs> what an inspiration. He's still walking. Um and okay. then obviously with the wild Kirill Kaprizov. Um, they've got just so much talent on that team yeah. on the other yep. side too. And I think you just hope that we see Philip Gustafson in game three, because that'll be way more fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's end, <laughs> let's end the Fleury experience for, for round one, at least. I love Marc-Andre Fleury. I met Marc-Andre sure. Fleury as a child. Doesn't, he signed my hat. Doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> he shouldn't have started game two. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll Did, give away. I'll give my hat away if I have to. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have started game two. For every hat he gives away to a child, he's forgiven a shorthanded goal in the opening minute of a game. That's it. That's how it. That's how it works. All right. Tonight, Carolina, New, Carolina uh, Islanders, Boston, Florida, potentially with Jeremy Swayman playing Dallas, Minnesota, Edmonton, LA Kings. That's it. Whoop whoop. We love it. And I'm gonna go take a nap. Sounds good. It also seems seems necessary. It's the wise. It's the wise, prudent move. Thank you for your time. Also, this was from Fluto. It looks like Swayman's going to All right. Start. There you go. <laughs> like I said, it seems like, it seems like Swayman's in there. Very, very interesting. 
does. Oh, and also Nick Nurse got fired by the Raptors. This is not a basketball show, Haley. Okay. Okay. Go, go lay down, please. Okay. If you aren't an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $2 a month for 12 months. Imagine that. What a deal. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>